Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Happy to be with you again this week to talk about a topic that's of interest, but from a little different point of view. Over improving value add. Now we really like value add properties. I think you all know that. But the question is, can there be too much of a good thing? Can you over improve a value add? And the answer to that, we believe is yes. There are signs that it has happened or that you're on the path to have it happen. And I'll share with you the ways in which Mara Poling avoids them. If you have any questions, please feel free to shoot me an email pat at marapoling.com. Don't forget to swing by the website, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com and check out all the great content we have there at the Learning Center. Okay, so over improving. Um, to me, the, I always got a kick out of these TV shows with the house flippers. Uh, they, there's not as many of them on it as, as there used to be, but boy, for a while there, it seemed like everybody in the world was flipping houses on television. And, um, and they all kind of had their signature uh, design that they would do. But what was interesting is you never saw any of them actually go look around the marketplace and say, well, what are, what are other homes or apartments, if it was an apartment, what are others doing in the way of improvements? Uh, actually, there are several of them that we're always very proud that ours is the nicest looking house in the block. We out improved everybody. Okay, well, that might not be a good thing. Part of what I see happening in that environment is those are individuals, and this could be a trap that you might be subject to if you are doing your own portfolio work. In other words, if you have single family residential uh, rental properties or duplexes or fourplexes, and that is those individuals are making improvements, value add improvements based on what they would want it to look like if they were going to live there, which if they're representative of the demographic that that market draws from, makes sense. But if they're not, and I'm going to guess that for most of those folks on those TV shows, it wasn't the case. Therefore, putting in marble tile in the bathroom and granite everywhere you can find may not make sense in a market that simply isn't interested in that. So that's the notion behind over-improving on value add. Now, what does that look like in our world, right? In the multifamily world. And, and why is it important? I'm gonna start with why it's important first. When we make improvements to properties, generally these are improvements in terms of fixtures. In other words, actual tangible physical improvements. We're going in and putting in new countertops or new cabinets or new flooring or new appliances. Some value add work is more amenity or service oriented. So things like uh, package lockers or um, uh, concierge trash services, those kinds of things. But most of it's fixture related. So 
it cost money and time to put those in and they really can't be taken out in any economical way so if you over improve a property you've sunk that money in there and potentially now even scare away some tenants because the property doesn't look like what they might normally rent so there's absolutely a risk that you could be over improving um, an asset there's two ways to look at over improvements there are improvements that the comps simply don't support and that could be because none of them have done it for example a improvement that we like but have not done yet in any significant way is covered parking we have properties with covered parking we've not added covered parking anywhere and part of that is because when we look around the marketplace and this is one of the ways you avoid over improving when we look around the marketplace we tend not to see properties that have added it and seen the returns necessary so if someone else hasn't done it already then that could mean I'd be over improving if I did it now it's also possible that I would simply be pioneering a new amenity a new value-add in a marketplace and we have done that as well we're one of the very first firms that began to roll out package services and package lockers in any meaningful way they have been a huge hit with tenants they're a wonderful return on our investment just a win-win all the way around but we also saw tangible benefits even if the tenants ultimately didn't overwhelmingly like it as they do and that's because it cost us time and energy to manage packages when they came into the office and so the package lockers also served as a expense reduction tool because we were able to do work now um, with the hours that we spent doing that doing other activities so that was beneficial another way comps might not support it is that you'll find that improvement is in the market so maybe there are black appliances or stainless steel appliances and that that's offered as a package if the marketplace is only getting twenty dollars for that or twenty five dollars that may not meet the return requirements that we have and we can't simply say oh well we get forty dollars for ours everywhere so we'd simply go ahead and do it and expect to get forty dollars so the comps may not um, support it that's that's one of the ways that we can identify over improvements so if we're going to be doing something that isn't in the marketplace today we're going into a marketplace with resurfaced formica counters painted cabinets uh, vinyl plank flooring and we're going to go in and put in hardwood floors granite countertops marble tile in uh, the bath uh, brand new hardwood cabinets you know we're investing fifteen thousand um, dollars unless there's something else going on in that marketplace we've probably over improved could we be pioneering sure 
it's possible we are pioneering when we when we do that and that we'll set a new standard there's some risk involved in that we would much rather see someone else have done the work and proven it to be successful before we would do that improvement and that's the second category of over improvements is there are properties out there that have made improvements some of which looked really reasonable and yet the market did not respond to them i looked at a property just the other day that had about two-thirds of the units fully improved and by that i mean they had resurfaced the counters painted the cabinets done vinyl plank flooring put in uh, either black or stainless appliances that that kind of an upgrade package so that's an upgrade package we're very familiar with and that's one that we see in the marketplace often in this particular market we really hadn't seen it done in any meaningful way and successfully so looking at this property we thought wow what a wonderful opportunity to potentially buy a property that's made this successful upon reviewing the financials there was very little to no incremental revenue for those value-add units the tenants in that marketplace were renting square footage and location they wanted a bedroom they wanted two bedrooms they needed it in, the, in this particular location and improvements above and beyond the ability to i need a bedroom i need a bathroom i need to be able to take a shower i need a kitchen to prepare meals it doesn't matter if my appliances are all white or all black or stainless steel i just need to be able to cook my meals if that's the tenant base there and that's ultimately what was determined in this marketplace then an improvement package that makes a lot of sense in many markets was actually over improvement in that market and unfortunately for this particular potential seller they had invested significant amounts of money that they were now looking to at a minimum get back if not even make a return on but at least get the money back out well, that priced their property significantly above a value that it would actually be worth and, and make sense to invest in. So they're going to have to figure something out. Either they're going to have to get the improvements that they really need on the rent side, and I'm not quite sure how they do that in the particular market they're in, or they're just going to have to come to the realization that they overinvested and they may have to wait a long time to get that money back, or they may just not get it back and that's a decision they'll have to make so as you can see big risks if you do something that isn't supported by the market even if it's supported in another market so if you have uh, some properties of your own and in one property in one of the parts of town that you have it uh, you're able to make a certain amount of improvements and get value for those from your tenants don't make the assumption that you can do that exact same improvement at another property in another town that you own and get the exact same return. It's possible you can, but you need to go and investigate. You need to find competitive units that are true comps, right? Not, not a class A if you've got a class B and vice versa. True comps and then see if in fact they're getting the value that you believe you need to get. That's what we do. The surest way to avoid over-improving is to stick 
to what the underwriting model says. We underwrite with our baseline assumptions about normal market rent growth, and we then look at what are the value add opportunities. How much will it cost to do that work? And what is the competition getting in terms of return, incremental rent, for that type of work? And not, well, they're getting about $100. No, what are they actually getting? We need to go shop properties, get real data. And the best comp is when the property itself has already done some of the improvements. This is a technique we will often use as we get close to taking a property to market. We may implement a specific improvement, for example, adding washer-dryer hookups and washer-dryers to the units. We might do 10% of the property and in doing so, demonstrate that the hookups alone get an extra $50 a month and if you include the washer-dryers, you can get $75. So $75 a month, we've done it in 10% of the units. It's a proven fact. You don't even have to look at, quote unquote, the competition if you're a buyer. You can actually look at our rent roll and see what it's worth. That's the kind of research that has to be done so that you can then come up with an appropriate value to put into your underwrite around revenue growth. And for every item of our value add list, whether it's, again, washer dryers or some of the services I mentioned like valet trash or packages or actual improvements like appliances and flooring uh, and cabinets or lighting uh, or bathrooms, every one of those, what are we actually going to realize in the way of incremental rent? And it's only after putting all of those in that we can then get a sense of how well that property is going to perform and whether or not it's worth us making that particular investment. Just because the competition's done it and is making money doesn't mean it's going to make sense for us. There's a lot of factors that go into it. What kind of interest rate we'll have on our loan, what we've paid for the property, what else might be going on at the particular asset, and that might make those improvements more or less valuable to us. Now, one of the things that we always want to keep in mind when we talk about value add is how to determine what's the value of the value add. And again, this is, is a trap that I've seen folks fall into in terms of the, I'm going to make this improvement because I would like that improvement if I lived here. Well, Again, if you're actually going to live there, maybe that makes sense. But if you're renting it to others, you've got to look at it from the standpoint of what's the market going to support. So how do you know what's valuable? Well, ultimately, you are going to know what's valuable because your tenants are going to tell you. Now, they could actually tell you, tell you. You could do a survey, and we have done that, in which we either ask some open-ended questions or some questions with a few choices, or in some cases, some very pointed questions. If we made this amenity available, would you pay for it? Um, and then see what kind of feedback we get. That's nice, but ultimately that doesn't really help us in terms of what the real value is. Because while someone can say this is valuable, what really determines the value of it is how much they're willing to pay for it. So if we did a survey, for example, with tenants, either our tenants or just in general, the tenants in a marketplace, and asked, would you like to have a washer dryer in your unit? 
we're going to get a very large number that are going to say yes. If we even ask the question, would you pay $50 for it? Would you pay $40? Would you pay $30? We'll get a certain amount that'll check one or more of those boxes. But ultimately, the only way to know how valuable it is would be to either find a property that has done this or for us to do a few ourselves and see what kind of uptake rate there is. In our experience, it's very common that people will say something is valuable, but when it comes time to actually parting with the money, fewer will actually follow through. It's not a bad thing. It just means we shouldn't fall into the trap of assuming that just because a lot of people say, oh, that's really nice, I'd like to have that, that's different than I'm willing to pay you an extra $50 a month if you'll give me that amenity, if you'll provide that to me. And if someone isn't willing to provide that value, if they aren't willing to pay us the $50 as an example, well then that improvement actually isn't worth $50. If all we could get for a washer dryer, for example, if people only said, well, I'll pay an extra 20 for it, but that's it. Well, then when we do our math, we may determine, and I would expect this would be the case, that $20 a month simply is not enough to warrant the expense and the time to invest in adding that to those particular units. And so we simply wouldn't do the work. So be careful not to over-improve a property. Uh, we see it out in the marketplace. We work very diligently to avoid it. Uh, we do that by relying on competitive analysis and whenever possible, a full understanding of how the existing owner has implemented improvements to date and what the response has been. Ultimately, it's going to be determined by the tenants. They will be the ones that will tell us how valuable an amenity or an improvement actually is. And we need to be able to listen to them so that we can make smart decisions and continue to maintain an appropriate level of risk, which is one of the reasons that we invest in the Class B space with some light value add opportunities. I hope this made sense. If it didn't and you've got a question, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. We are going to be making an announcement in the next week sometime. I don't know exactly when it's going to be. So watch for a special episode that will drop sometime in the next seven days uh, as we have an announcement about the total return fund that we are excited to share with you all. So thanks for joining us and please join me again next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.